Hello everyone and welcome to Archer's Chat with me, Charlie. And me, George. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is very new. This is a very low-key thing for anyone who is maybe stuck at home, um, isolating um, with fewer people to socialise with. Um, and we are just having a little chat about this week's um, episodes of The Archers. So, um, George, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Myself? Uh, so, hello everyone. I am George. Um, I am, yeah, well, I'm currently sat in my lovely little flat um, because obviously of the old uh, kind of self-isolation stuff. Um, I'm not actually self-isolating myself. I'm sort of, um, I'm healthy enough. So um, I live in London, uh, in Ealing, lovely uh, little bit of West London, and I am an actor, and that is how Charlie and I met. We worked together, didn't we, Charlie? We did indeed. We worked on um, Mischief Theatre's Grown Ups together, didn't we? Indeed, in the West End, and that is how we discovered our mutual love of the Archers. (laughs) Yes, and uh, George and I have been texting each other when all these exciting things have been happening in the arches and uh, and so we thought we'd share it with you all our little chats and if nobody listens it's just an excuse for me and George to have a cup of tea virtually have a cup of tea have a natter talk about the arches because you don't always find um people our age aren't always massive fans of the arches I think that's fair to say I'd say um I don't find a plethora of people our age (laughs) You'd be surprised. There are quite, I've got a couple of friends um, who have been listened to it. My sister listens to it. She's not much older than me. Yeah. Um, and then I, it's something great I get to talk about with my auntie who listens religiously. And um, also my godmother, sometimes we talk about it. Um, so it's a really nice sort of talking point anyway. Um, I am also an actor, as you have just heard, um, with Mischief Theatre, as well as doing other things um and I suppose that leads us to why we're doing this obviously Mm. we're not working we're keeping a social distance and we thought quite a few of you might be doing the same so you could use some company um George how did you get into the arches then if it's a bit unusual for people our age um so uh, my dad's always listened to the arches um it's kind of always it always was on in our household growing up um so I was always aware of it it's kind of quite you know I find the the sounds is all quite calming um but yeah i think it was the it was the helen and rob storyline a few years ago that's what really kind of hooked me and got me into it and got me listening religiously um when i sort of i tend to kind of download them and listen to them um rather than listen to the live is that same with you mm, yeah that's the same with me i listen to the podcast really mm. how did you get into listening to it kind of properly so my mum had always listened to it when I was little um, and, and um, so I'd always been aware of it. I always remember the name Shula. Mm. <laughs> Shula, it's such a lovely name. Yeah, called Shula. So I was always aware of it as well. And then um, it was actually when, clang, when I went into the West End for the play that goes wrong. <laughs> Were you in the play that goes wrong? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not one of the founding members of the cast were you yeah i'm an original member of uh of the play that goes wrong original cast member of the play that goes wrong and uh and core member of mischief theater I, I don't suppose you know that it doesn't really matter but anyway <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah we just started in the west end um and it was the best thing ever obviously and i found that my new alarm clock my new breakfast radio was actually woman's hour which was awesome and then I would end up listening to the, you know, they repeat the evening one the next day. Yes, at the sort of after lunchtime. Sort yeah. Of, yeah, and you're absolutely right. It was the Rob and Helen storyline, actually. My sister had mentioned she thought they might be leading up to a domestic violence and coercive control storyline. So she was interested. And yeah. I started listening out for it. And I think you're absolutely right. The way they did it with the drip feed really slow painful um way of telling that story which was actually excellent it was excruciating but it was excellent and it meant I was totally hooked and that trial episode I was actually around my sister's house we had our herbal teas and we were listening it was so scary I thought it was brilliantly done and I 
And then after that, because of that, I sort of had started to get involved in the other storylines and then I couldn't stop listening. And exactly, I download the, the podcast. So I usually listen the day later. Yeah. And when I went to, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I also went to New York. Oh, okay. What were you doing? You were working in New York, were you? Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was on Broadway, I think. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate Charlie's you. really not a bragger or would never sort of boast or go on about it, but it's just lovely to make her squirm. <laughs> Thank you, George. Thanks for saying that. Um, I'll give you your fibre later. But, uh, yeah, so we were in New York, and, I, and it was wonderful. I had the most amazing time. But occasionally I get a bit homesick, and the Arches was just mm. a brilliant way of connecting. Yes, that would totally just, if you're in another country and you sort of just need a little reminder and a bit of rooting back in kind of quintessential British life. I can imagine the Arches is just perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also it's perfect in that even if you're living in London, you just get, like, yeah, you yeah. Bus, so you just kind of get this, like, rural side of yep. England that you're not used to. Uh, yeah, so I love it. And then we're going to talk about this week just gone. So you could technically listen to this alongside the Omnibus that is released on Sunday, but before the evening show. Um, but whatever you do, don't listen to it before you've listened to all of this week's episodes because there will be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the episodes in order. So you could probably pause and stuff, but I'm going to warn you that there really could be spoilers at any point. Um, so, yeah, maybe listen to it after you've caught up with the omnibus. We'll, we'll see how it works. But, yeah, I guess we can give a little heads up when we're moving on to the next mm. the next day. So you can pause it and go along as you go. Yeah. Okay, so Sunday, Sunday's episode, yes. probably the week before we had the explosion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, and that was when I, I texted you, didn't I? Because uh, just to kind of like warn you, just listen to this, today's episode. Just make sure you listen to it. I texted my dad as well, because I know that my dad doesn't always listen to them in order. So he'll listen to them kind of where they come. So I, I texted him and said, make sure you listen to Sunday's episode before you listen to Monday's episode, because otherwise it's not going to make any sense whatsoever. Mm. But yeah, the drama. Of last Sunday. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. And then they did it. So it started on the Friday, didn't it? And then it it continued on to Sunday. I think the explosion must have been the Sunday, because yes, because that because um, Linda wasn't meant to be working, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah. So yeah, it must be the Sunday going into the Monday where it carried on, and and that's where it picked up, and we had that amazing bit of Freddie dragging Linda outside which I think we both we said at the time didn't we what an amazing bit of um bit of acting that is radio acting to be on your own and kind of act out that sort of you know physical effort of dragging somebody's past that body out of a you know an exploded building was uh is remarkable yeah absolutely I think we definitely have that um that perspective on things I just thought my gosh that actor is performing to no one because yeah. no one's responding and he's doing such yeah. a job and he's having to sort of let us know what's going on without it sounding like exposition. And I thought he did a really good job. Um, yeah. So, of course, that happened last So, anyway, week. that was last Sunday. That was last? That was last Sunday. But this Sunday, we have, we're starting with, you know, we've heard about the report, potentially, or that might be to come. And then Linda is in hospital. Yes, Linda's in hospital. Um, she is. She's clearly been. Yeah, she's clearly ill, and you know, and and been been damaged by this explosion. Um, and who visits her? Who vis- Who do we hear visiting her? Oh, it's Robert and um, Robert and Lillian, of course. Well, Lillian is one of my yes. absolute favorite characters. Um, I love her so much, and she she goes because obviously they've been having a bit of a problem before, haven't they, with the. Um, the bee and the bull, Ambridge. Mm. And they've always had quite a really like interesting relationship, haven't they, where they fight. And I love it when they um, lock horns. But then, of course, Lillian comes in and um, is actually being really supportive and lovely. And then, mm. <laughs> then we also got one of my absolute favourites, which is, I don't know what to call it. It needs a name, like Lillian Lilt or a Lillian Moment. Me and my sister are obsessed with the way that Lillian pronounces certain words. Um, right. So for example, you'll notice she doesn't call Jolene Jolene. She says Jolene. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever even noticed that. Jolene. Jolene. She's wonderful, isn't she? Isn't she the most sort of like, 
I don't know when she's got a gin and tonic in hand. Or... <laughs> she's always really good for sort of making things happen, I think. Um, but yeah, she does this Jolene like it's a soft J with a, with an apostrophe. And then Eliene, Jolene. And I think it's brilliant. And then on Sunday, we got a beautiful um, moment where she offered Robert the sandwiches. So, and then one of them was mozzarella. Oh, mozzarella. Mozzarella. <laughs> Maybe that's the correct way of pronouncing it, but I love it. I don't know. Yes, you never quite know. You never quite know with Lillian whether, yeah, it, it could well be that she has, you know, found out that that's, you know, she's travelled to Italy and that's how they say it in Italy and that's darling, darling, that's how we're going to say it from now on. Or she could just have sort of made it up because she thinks it sounds quite nice. <laughs> I really want it to be that. But either way, I'm just going to copy her from now on. Um so mm. my margarita pizza with mozzarella or maybe it's a, a margarita pizza <laughs> margarita <laughs> it was also quite nice to kind of hear um hear a bit more from robert because we don't generally hear much from him um just because bless him linda you know will tend to do quite a lot of the talking i really like it when we hear kind of inside of their relationship because mm. You can sort of imagine as they're walking around Ambridge or kind of like, you know, getting into a chat with anybody, Linda will be the one who's sort of, um, you know, leading any conversation. Um, and Robert doesn't really get a word in edgeways. Um, mm -hmm. And then actually when you either, you know, when they're at home um, prior to this, um, in the explosion, um, you kind of get a really nice insight into how their relationship actually works. And then what we got on Monday was really nice, uh, well, Sunday was um kind of talking about how their relationship actually started oh yeah that was really nice yeah it was really sweet wasn't it yeah and I think the arches is a really fun thing to listen to for another reason we were talking about it the other day weren't we that because it's been going on for so long there is so much history with it and then occasionally you get these lovely like historical recaps George and I have come to this relatively late as we've as we've discussed so we don't even know if that this was maybe covered in episodes years ago or not but either way we get to sort of learn about this rich history um and I love how they do that with quite a few of their storylines I remember um when Pip was pregnant and uh considering an abortion and Elizabeth yes. was talking to Pip about maybe a pregnancy or an abortion she had had and Jill oh. reaction and Jill's response at that time right yes I do remember that it will have been appropriate to the time Jill's reaction and appropriate to her character and then we sort of look at that storyline now with a new lens knowing what we know I always love how the arches evolves like that so yeah I was a big fan of hearing the history and the backstory of Robert and Linda and Linda's relationship with her mum but I was genuinely worried still that the arches were going to bump her off yes and it would and and she's such a such an important part of Ambridge life and kind of you know who on earth would ever have you know directed the Christmas plays and oh. uh, you know it would have been it would have been massive if she had uh, but at that point um, on Sunday without giving spoilers for the rest of the week I don't think we'll be able to do it without giving spoilers for the rest of the week are we <laughs> but at that point yeah she she could still have you know not not made it through oh my gosh I mean um, I suppose there's always a chance even now but um yes that's yeah. true and also the actor is incredible and as a story device, maybe this is too sort of technical for people that don't enjoy us talking about it like this, but I think Linda always helps to move something along. Mm. You know, she always provides an attitude to a situation that either moves it along or provides a different perspective because she has a slightly different position in, the, in Ambridge. And I think, uh, yeah, I was desperately, desperately worried they were going to get rid of her. Um, but other things about the episode is I enjoyed a lamb start. <laughs> Yes, because how did it start? With lambs. With lambs. With lambs. It started, I think, with uh, the boys, was it, in the car? Oh, yes. Yes, because, uh, yes, Ben's got, Ben had got given his car. Yeah, Ben got a new yes. car from Jill and... Um... I think it was his birthday. Leonard. And the car is some, some extravagant colour, but we don't ever get told what the colour is, do we? Radioactive. Radioactive. Asbestos. <laughs> Radioactive is quite quite is quite green to me, but I don't know. I wonder it's one of the, if it's one of those ones with like a two tone. You know the way that like you can kind of 
look at it from one angle and it's green and yeah. the other angle it's like orange or something. Yeah, or like an orangey purpley type, you know, one of those sorts of, you know, Fast and the Furious type. Uh, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be that type of car, but that sort of weird colouring. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. But then we had, it gave us a beautiful moment, that, that section, didn't it? Because you had uh, them talking about the car and Jill went for a little ride with them and she was a bit cheeky. And then Freddie's yes. saying, I think we've got the nicest grandma in all of Borsetshire. Oh. <laughs> we just so forget their cousins. Occasionally you're just like, oh yeah, you guys are technically cousins and you're the same age. I love that kind of crossover with all the different characters. I think one of the other things for me as well about thinking about the fact that Archie has been around for so long is that to me, Jill will always be a grandmother slash great grandmother, but Obviously, she hasn't always been, and you know, in years past, and and people that have grown up with her, and seen her have children, and then mm. children's children, you know, all that sort of, you know, as you go, and we've, you know, like you know, we we're saying, come to it quite late, um, but uh, and so she'll always be this kind of like brilliant grandmother. I'm desperate to try her cakes. <laughs> in real life, I want one of her cakes so bad. Yes. Yes, this is true. <laughs> so someone can correct us now or, or let us know, but she came in after quite a dramatic storyline really early on in The Arches where a character was killed off that people weren't yes. expecting. And then she was brought in. I mean, can you imagine what life would have been like without Jill? Exactly. She is kind of, I, I mean, it's, it's yeah, like getting used to it, as we we have all had to do, um, without Joe Grundy. It's sort of, oh, no. he is... You know, they are the sounds of the arches to me. And Joe Grundy's voice, to me, that was what I grew up kind of hearing. And, mm. I, you know, I remember saying to my dad, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> um, but then another thing I thought that was really interesting about this episode, we'll move on, but um, mm. was that, that Robert and, and Lillian back in the hospital are talking about how, how trivial those arguments that Lillian and Linda have been having seem now. Yeah. Considering everything that's happened. And I thought, how interesting that that episode has come out. It was just before we had a big briefing on the Monday from, yep. the, from the PM. And so everything was pretty chaotic already. And you were thinking, oh, wait a minute. What's really important? You know, we, we, we've been worrying about trivial things. And now suddenly yeah. some people are extremely vulnerable or we're not going to be able to see family members for a while. Um, and I thought how bizarre that it, they obviously can't have known, they, they, they film these things so far in advance, but. Um, they're, they're always, yeah, they can be so good at being a little mirror um, to society in, in so many different ways. And I think this one was a kind of a, an unfortunate happy accident. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. So then we went to Monday. Monday! Another lamb start, George. Yes, I love a lamb start. I could, you know, I could just get used to, you know, it's spring, spring's here, lambs, love it, fantastic. <laughs> and Ed is reaching out to Oliver in really quite a clever way. Yeah. Because it's not Go like um, just forcing him to talk. I, I quite like to talk. And if I was going through something, I would probably seek um, therapy or talking to loved ones and people who mm. know me. But other people, you know, it's, that's not quite, that won't be the position they're in or the what they want in that moment. And Ed sort of noticed that Oliver maybe needed a bit of distraction, a bit of something else to focus on. Sensitive. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And we sort of, and we'll sort of come on to that a little bit late in the week. But I think he's one of those, yeah, one of those characters that has got a really sensitive side. He's very kind of empathetic. Mm. Um, he kind of kind of read people really well. And uh, he's lovely. I really like Ed. And, and it, it's been such a difficult time for the the town, the village itself. And then um, for Oliver, especially, who's feeling, who has been feeling so guilty and just, I know. you know, and, I, and bless him, I don't, he's, I don't think he's really got any reason to feel guilty. Like, you know, he... Of course he went into shock. Absolutely. Like, and, and I, I, I don't quite, I can't ever quite work out how old, Oliver is. <laughs> it's one of the things where we, you know, we could probably look this up, but maybe it may be more fun just to, um, you know, <laughs> have a guess. Um, but I get the impression that he's, you know, he's obviously a little bit, little bit older. He's been around for a while, and the, you know, to imagine that he should have been the one going in, going in and kind of carrying people out. Um, 
I just couldn't really picture that in my mind. So the fact that he was feel guilt, feeling guilty for not doing that. Um, and he used to be in the army. I know. Which... History check again from the Archers. Little recap. Didn't know that about yeah. Um I can't quite imagine it. He seems... It's just really interesting. I want to know what he did in the army now. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. he's putting a lot of pressure on himself and asking a lot from himself. And I think... And it's an interesting storyline, isn't it? That a lot of people... A lot of men put yeah. a lot of pressure on themselves to be really good in a crisis and really strong. And actually, um, yes. a freezing reaction is extremely human. It's it's part of your body's defence mechanism, isn't it? You've got fight, flight, and you've also got freeze. Yeah, absolutely. Because what do you... And I think it's a question that a lot of us ask ourselves. I think I think you're right that there is a bit of a male... A male... And some 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 men will react in this kind of a very kind of protective way, and will kind of you know run towards the um, the danger and and protect the people around them. But you know it's not it's not how everyone is built and how everyone should be built, um, because you know we you know it, nature is to just protect ourselves, and uh, and that's what he was doing. His you know it was just sort of he sort of shut down a little bit, but I wouldn't blame him for that. <laughs> That's partly his body trying to save him, I'm sure, in a way. Mm. It's an interesting bodily reaction. We'll have to get a doctor to come in and tell us about it. But um, I think, uh, yeah, there's absolutely no shame in, in basically any way where you react to a huge event that you didn't know was coming. Obviously, mm. we assume it's an accident at this point. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Um, <laughs> we had a brilliant, because, of course, Linda woke up. Yes. Thank goodness. Oh my god. Oh, what was the light? what was did you wake up with? Can I have a drink or oh, I'm thirsty, I need a drink or oh, something like that. It was really lovely. You've come back to me. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I nearly cried. Um but yeah. it means we get one of my favourite combos of characters, which was Linda and Lillian, and I personally would only need to add Susan Carter for that to be my <laughs> premium combo. These are some of my favourite characters slash actors. That'd be your dream dinner date. Oh, my you, you know, God. dinner party. Well, they just make so much happen, don't they? And they have such interesting attitudes to things. And they're so funny. Um, yes. But here, Linda and Lillian are actually talking again about sort of what's important and putting their differences aside, which, again, is strangely appropriate to the time we're all in currently. Yeah, indeed. And was this where... Is this the one... Is this when... Um, uh, Linda asked to see a reflection of herself. Mm. Is that oh? I've got a little prediction for a storyline. Oh, okay. Prediction siren. Here we go. Boop, boop, boop. I'm wondering if the the storyline will go down a route um, in dealing with what it must be like to have uh, extreme burns that maybe disfigure or affect your the way you now look, change the way yes. you look, um, and how that can be really affecting. Um, wow, yes. And I'll be really interested to see if they do this with Linda. Um, but what a swerve by Lillian. Yes. Oh, no, I've left it. I've, uh, you know, one day I've left it, you know, not got it with me. Yeah, absolutely. She, she nailed that because, yeah, you can only imagine what an impact that would have when Linda's only just woken up and to see a reflection of, herself if if like you say she has got some kind of you know bad scarring or whatever it might be mm. that would only set her back so yes well done Lillian well done Lillian imagine it probably looks worse now than it's going to so yeah um and I'll be interested to see where that storyline goes maybe Siren it will coincide with because you were talking about uh, Johnny's storyline which they've kind of left off this week about yes it. Um, fear of his baldness and him going to the gym all the time. Yeah, so I, I've kind of, um, I think that there's a kind of a mental health thing going on there. I mean, it, it's difficult to tell, isn't it, over the radio? Because he's talking about the fact that he's going bald and he's kind of going around wearing a hat and he's, you know, ordered those pills off the internet. And it may be that he's balding and he's got a receding hairline and, you know, he's trying to battle that. Not that there's anything wrong with that and he, you know, he will grow to kind of um, grow into that but it may well be that he's not going bald and actually this could be a sort of um, a body dysmorphia sort mm. of storyline mm. which is a, a mental health condition where um, basically what you see in the mirror um, 
doesn't match um, your, what you actually look like. You kind of think that you need to be bigger with muscles or you think you need more hair or you think um, you need to be thinner, you know, bigger, whatever mm. it is. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, it, it's never quite enough. So, yeah, I'm in- interested to see where they go with that. Um, but like you say, maybe that's because, you know, maybe there's some connection there that could be made to Linda. We'll um, find out, won't we? Indeed. And then a small yeah. thing I would have said about this episode was a lot of support from Alistair for Philip. And you really do yes. you do feel for Philip in this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes they actually do that, don't they? they? Sort of I say sometimes, they probably do it absolutely on purpose and they're like, Yes, Charlie, we meant to do this. But basically you get the sort of <laughs> episode story that sort of resolves ever so slightly within the episode. But you'll have a week story which goes from yes. Or over a few episodes at least. And I feel like this was a part of that, the strip feeding, which we'll get yes. to later, trying to avoid spoilers. Um, yes, absolutely. Now, Tuesday's um, episode, it didn't start with them, but there were more lambs. There were more lambs. <laughs> yes. More lambs. Just more keep lambs. them coming. Keep them coming. Um, started a new storyline, it sounds like, Adam. Yes, I know. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, new dad and his sort of... Yeah, clearly is trying to keep working and keep the money coming in, um, but then also has always said that he wants to be a very hands-on father and be around and be active yeah. um, for Xander. So it's it's a you know that's a I can imagine quite a you know universal storyline. I mean, I'm not a I'm I I haven't got kids yet, um, but yes, just basically trying. Is he taking on too much? don't know and he doesn't seem to want to take on a new employee is that money worries and it's hard isn't it? i love the yeah. constant back and forth with brian and adam and how usually it's sort of adam is the sensible one but actually occasionally it flips around and brian is the one talking sense because of course brian actually is an extremely experienced farmer and um so you're sort of hearing his opinion but then they have this they lock they lock horns too, don't they, quite a lot. And you don't know whether sometimes they're just fighting because they want to fight each other. Yes. Yes, yes. How much, you know, how much do they actually believe what they are going for? And how much is it just because it's what the other one isn't saying? <laughs> I kind of, I would be really interested to kind of have, you know, seen their relationship grow over the years because you know, we've only seen it, you know, in recent years. And as Brian has kind of, you know, stepped away, well, you know, not particularly willingly, but stepped away from the leadership of the farm and Adam's taking over. Um, so, yes, I can imagine that's, a, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, because Adam is um, Jennifer's son from a previous relationship, as yes. is Debbie, right, who's um, Tamsin Greg, which I absolutely love every time she's in it. Um, and so, yeah, Brian's relationship with Adam, I think, has always been interesting, but I think they're quite good to each other these days, and they sort of um, supportive but uh, we'll see whether <laughs> would it have made any difference if, if somebody else was saying this to Adam would he listen um, and then we also have Roy and Kirsty talking about the wedding and the party and is that inappropriate yeah question for people all the time isn't it when something bad has happened to lots of people or someone is it appropriate or sorry is it inappropriate to then have a party or is it exactly what everybody needs it's quite a hard balance to strike isn't it yeah i mean at the moment obviously with 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 the kind of the, the current situation i've i've had a couple of weddings that i'm meant to be going to cancelled um and obviously that's because people can't gather in gathering big groups but blimey it's such a i mean it's um it's such a nightmare for them bless them because you know you build up to this big day and you think you know when the date is and then it you know it gets postponed and um one of them is they've got you know they've got another date in the diary later in the year which hopefully will be all right um but yeah you, you sort of feel like it would have been exactly what everybody needed a real kind of you know get out get together and kind of have a bit of a dance have a bit of a you know party see people you haven't seen for ages um but at the moment we just can't do it because it involves people getting together mm. um but in, in this situation where it's, you know, it's not a case of a virus that's being passed around, you know, I think maybe, you know, if if the people do pull through, you feel like maybe it is what people would want mm. at the moment for Philip. We think, because obviously yes. that that's well. the other point about this one is that we found out at this point, I think, that the explosion was definitely down to an error in the yes. work. 
it was at the end of last week, wasn't it, where we found out that actually they'd been using petrol as a petrol instead of expensive solvents. Oliver was so understanding and patient and compassionate, actually, to Philip. He said, "Look, I'm not going to lie for you, and I, and but I'm also just not gonna I'm not gonna be awful to you." And I thought that was quite mm. nice. Um, but we'll yes, we'll obviously be getting to that. Yes, uh, let's move on to Wednesday. We started with Roy. No lambs. No lambs. No lambs. Zero lambs. I mean, this this was a proper, you know, going back to English GCSE. This was a proper in media rex. Uh, you know, starting right in the middle of things. Uh, Roy on the phone to the police. Uh, where's my car gone? Um, and yeah, and it turns out that he had parked it on the estate, which is worrying. I knew. So I know that it's really normal. Like the amount of times uh, my, I think he'll kill me for saying this, but the amount of times like my dad's like forgotten where he's parked the car or or even I've like put the Marmite in the fridge or my mobile phone in the fridge. I know it's normal, but I just knew when I was listening to this, I thought Roy's had a head injury. This is definitely yeah. something serious. Um, and I thought they're going to lead up to that, which, you know, I was waiting to find out. But that was my prediction. I mean, I was really yeah. happy that Harrison was involved. I <laughs> I love Harrison. He, <laughs> he he's definitely a kind of a goodie, isn't he? You, you think about. I know it's not like that in real life. There's no goodies and baddies really, but um, you feel like Harrison's just such a goodie. But also, this leads me on to the thing of you imagine what people look like, don't you? It's odd, isn't it? It's very strange. I try to avoid looking at any photos of the actors. Because they yeah. they never quite match up to my picture of the character in you know in my head, <laughs> and some of them are absolutely perfect. You're like, whoa! I think Brian Aldred is yes. exactly how I imagined him. But yeah, I generally try to avoid it. And in my mind, and I'm sure in real life, uh, but in my mind, the Harrison is so handsome and wholesome. Oh, really? Okay. You would you'd be quite happy to pop along to one of his. Uh entertainment shows from back in the day oh my goodness um, ginger spice definitely <laughs> but he's such a good character as well because he he can be in something really serious involved in something really mm. serious because he's the policeman but then because of the cricket yeah. or uh because of him and um fallon and he's such a fun loving character he's also quite a good character for a light storyline and uh, so I was, I was really pleased he was involved and then we had yeah. a fundraiser meeting yes at the b and yeah, it's uh, yeah. Philip Philip came along, which which Alistair had kind of recommended. He'd said you should come along. We're having a meeting, and Philip turns up and and makes a really lovely speech and sort of you know doesn't you know dodge responsibility. He's like, look, this is my fault. This is not really you know this is not how I do things uh, with the company. We all sort of forget every now and then that a straight, genuinely heartfelt apology where you don't also give put a caveat or an excuse in means a lot if you can just say yeah, oh, wow, i'm so sorry that was my error or i made a bad call it felt quite refreshing um and everyone responded yeah. quite well to it well i was gonna say like uh, it was like linda um trying to give an apology to freddie <gasps> just before the explosion you know desperately trying to apologize to you know for kind of uh you know, accusing him of still being a drug dealer um, and didn't quite get a chance to get that apology in. But then in that episode, you know, with the explosion and Freddie goes, I accept, Linda, I accept. He's just, come on, wake up. My heart broke. Um, Also, just another note, big fan of Kenton. There's a theme here. Oh, yes. Enjoy the characters that stir the the pot. (laughs) I mean, I, I can imagine that Kenton growing up, well, I mean, it's still, but absolute nightmare. Mm. <laughs> like, love him, but blimey, he must have been a, he must have been a pain uh, for his parents. And he was in the Merchant Navy, um, which is fascinating. But also, um, it reminds me, actually, we were talking earlier about Ed, because Ed used to be a total tearaway. I remember my auntie telling me um, he was absolutely naughty, him and, him and his brother. Him and Will. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, you know, Ed's become like very nice now, very respectable. Kenton's still quite naughty. Oh yeah, oh yeah, still quite naughty. He's always good value. Yeah, absolutely. We learnt that Blake should be able to walk again, which is which is really good. Obviously, I think I think not being able to walk again is potentially too dark for Ambridge. Well, you know, it would be interesting to see what the 
<laughs> how the accessibility needs are around Ambridge. I mean, it would be, uh, yeah, I There's don't know. Room be, uh... there for some characters who maybe use a wheelchair or exactly have access needs. Um, and I wondered whether they might bring a character in like that, but I think that's not what's going to happen with Blake, but potentially there will be in the future. Um, because Blake, I, I, like we, when Blake's name was first mentioned in regards to explosion, you know, who was the workman that was there? I mean, I, at first, when the explosion happened, I thought Gav's in there. Gav is the workman because he'd been the one that had been assigned the job. Um, and then, and then Blake's name started getting thrown around, and I thought, well, so who's who's this Blake? And I, I sort of thought, well, maybe, maybe Gav sort of because it's a Sunday and he didn't really want to do the work. Gav sort of delegated the job onto onto this Blake chap, and mm. you know, maybe he's not quite qualified, and that's why it's all gone wrong. Um, it's and it was just kind of even when he's now in hospital and you know, we don't quite know who this guy is. It's very intriguing, isn't it? And we yeah, don't, absolutely. Do you know how old he is? No. Mm. Don't really know. Yeah. And that's sort of, as you say, it's one, you know, the week-long storyline. Mm. Anyway, but we'll go in, you know, let's go into Thursday. Um, so we get a reminder, don't we, that Philip has been undercutting the Grundies, which I think yes. we, should have, we should have noticed that was like a flag. You know, the Grundies are a key family who we love yeah. in Ambridge. And you get this reminder that that Eddie has been losing out to Philip for work. But I, at this point, I'm just still thinking it's a bit of bitterness on the Grundy's part, on Ed's part, particularly with the whole Gavin and Emma situation. And um, so I'm still, I'm still so like, I actually really just feel dreadful for Philip. Yeah. It moves on. <gasps> Is there some love? Oh, I mean... It's got to happen, hasn't it? They've got to, because they both want to. They both, obviously we're talking about Ed and Emma. Surely they both want to be back together, but they just can't manage to tell each other because Emma doesn't really think Ed wants to and Ed now doesn't think Emma wants to because she's seen her with Gav and just think, oh. But the thing is, what gets me is, like, Ed, one of the reasons, you know, I gathered anyway with Ed breaking up with Emma was because he felt that, that Emma didn't love Ed, just Ed. She loved yes. Ed and the house and the family. Yes. And so it was more him saying, I don't think you want me. And Emma yeah. as you don't want me. Ed, yeah. you don't want me, Emma. And so there seems to be this like painful misunderstanding, whereas Ed really would like to be with Emma. It's just that yeah. he felt that she wasn't, um, that he wasn't enough for her. And the thing is, it's really interesting with a couple, isn't it? With a long-term couple. You and I, um, here you go, listeners. Uh, George and I are both in separate long-term relationships. <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it, that you feel totally secure and that you could really take on anything. And you, you kind of imagine, don't you, all the types of things that could come up and how you would work it out and communicate and get over it. But actually, nobody is immune to a really tricky situation and the effect that that can have on your relationship, even if you're married. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and with that, with, with Ed, when he was sort of getting involved in that dodgy work, you, we heard it, you know, gradually happening and, oh, yeah. and they're trying to, you know, they work, they both, he and Emma are both working towards this shared goal and they want this, they want to get this house on the, on the estate. And, and yes, you think, you know, they're doing it together and they're battling through and it was just getting more and more dangerous for Ed and when it all came out yeah it did it, it didn't uh, yeah it, it's it just it, it broke them in a way that I wasn't possibly expecting they could they could have taken that and been like right we're gonna you know you know draw into each other and kind of protect ourselves as a couple and as a family but rather than that they sort of I think Ed sort of wanted needed to protect himself as well um, and thought I think that he was protecting Emma by getting Emma away from him yeah, and there was a lot of betrayal there, and I totally understood all of Emma's anger um, and why there was a problem between them. But um, but yeah, it was just it was just really tricky, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was really tricky. I did feel for Emma, of course, but um, yeah. But then you also felt for Ed because of the pressure and the pressure that lots mm. of people are under as well to get their foot on the ladder. It's so difficult. I think the archers are teasing us now. I fingers crossed they they make it work. I, yeah, I think so. Well, we'll see. Linda shows a lot. I mean, I'm so impressed. A lot of compassion for Oliver. Oh, yeah. Oh, good on her. Yeah, she's laying there in a hospital bed and she's 
you know, he's just worried about Oliver and kind of, you know, making sure that he's not being upset in him and, you know, any, any more than, you know, basically she just doesn't want any more pain than there has to be, which I think mm. is really lovely. She blames Philip. She She's not able to reconcile with Philip. And then even then she blames, oh, well, maybe it's just the pain I'm in. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. How, is the word magnanimous? Yes. That she's being yeah. in, in her position. And again, it's that apt um, nod inadvertently to what's going on at the moment that we can all think for uh, think about other people and what they're going through mm. and um, try and have compassion for people and their decisions they have to make. Yeah. And remember what's important. Yeah, absolutely. But big news. What is important? <laughs> the bull. Really we're, important. <laughs> we're back to the bull. The beer Ambridge is no more. Um, um, thank God. I mean, the description of the Be at Ambridge sign, they got like an amph... Oh, they used an at sign, didn't they? A kind of like a website at sign. I just thought, oh, no, this sounds... The sign itself sounds awful. Now, I I was kind of like... I was all for kind of modernisation and not getting kind of, you know, getting stuck in the old days. Um, But I think the sign for me was too far. (laughs) I I was thinking about that, that... You know, again, it's kind of maybe, I remember we're not that young, George, maybe we're kidding ourselves, but maybe yeah. <laughs> on the younger end of the spectrum of listeners to the Archers, we, I would, you know, normally be quite um, positive about about evolution in Ambridge and, and change and exactly modernisation. But the name change and then the sign for me was just a step too far. It made me question whether I was actually quite, conventional <laughs> more conventional than I thought more traditional but then I mm. thought no if if we don't like the change no yeah one like it I mean it, surely you did realize oh it's not that important we all get over this kind of thing we we, we can get quite obsessed with changes can't we it, it really um change can really shake you and make yeah. you feel unstable and insecure and we sometimes can I've felt it within myself cling to something almost for the sake of, just for the sake of that, that you don't want change. I mean, in mischief, actually, you can find yourself doing it. We're constantly working and adjusting scripts, and then you can find yourself holding on to an idea, not because you think it's the best idea, but you realise it's just because you're feeling a bit insecure and you're a bit unsure of what's going to happen, so you sort of end up clinging to an idea that you need to let go of. Yeah. In this case, (laughs) Yeah. no. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not right. It's just wrong. Yeah. Is it a bee? Like a like a bumblebee? Oh, I couldn't nobody quite knew it was all all a bit mm. odd, wasn't it? And I thought the the rebels or whatever they were called. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I was not on their side for the whole you know, I was yeah, it wasn't it was only recently that I was like, Oh actually just, you know, keep the ball. Mm. Um because the rebels I thought, you know, they were getting in you know, they were allowing their you know, getting stuck in the past to get get in the way of friendships and you know supporting their local pub and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's a good a point. shame. <laughs> I don't think I thought all that. I was just yeah. the beer Ambridge is stupid, silly, silliness. <laughs> and so now it's back and all in the name of Linda. Yeah. And then Friday's episode. Oh, um, wow. Really, we all know what's the episode's about. I mean, so yeah, I'm so- still tired. He's busy. Yeah, very busy. I'm learning that, that timing in farming is impossible. Like, when are you meant to sow things? And Yeah, do we drill the barley now? Do we drill the barley later? I just don't know. It's it's tricky. It sounds like a mind... I've got to use a more... <laughs> I was about to say a rude word. It sounds like a nightmare. And, I'm, or, and it, you learn a lot about farming while listening to the archers, or at least you learn what you don't understand. Yes. I don't understand why a wet autumn... It's a problem. Would somebody be able yeah. to tell us? We'd love that. Um, yeah. Brian and Jennifer. I'm, I've missed Jennifer, I've got to say. Yes. How's she getting on in her tiny kitchen? Hopefully all right. You know, we've not heard any moaning too much. So yeah. hopefully she's got used to it. There's a, there's a point I love to make about the Oldridges, which, um, so I do this impression for my sister. It really makes her laugh. It's probably really bad. But you've just got, Brian, Brian, Jenny, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Jenny (laughs) and I just love them but particularly because of their ability to weaponize the word darling (laughs) darling (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's um, something my family can do, particularly my mum used to be able to do. She'd go, darling, uh, when you've done something wrong. Wow. And I love how they can do it with each other. Is this sort of like darling with about 17 different meanings behind the word darling that you can use? Darling. Wet autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was yeah, that was nice. Also, we got confirmation that Roy needs to go to hospital. Yeah, good on Brian. Yeah. I mean, again, a st- you know another storyline that we do, you know I don't wasn't listening to at the time, but uh, Brian getting knocked down by Joe Grundy in the car, and which obviously presumably at the time was a big storyline, and he's obviously been through it and is now using his kind of prior wisdom to to make sure Roy gets himself checked out, which is great. Yeah, and that is a good message. Obviously, if you've got a head injury, you must always get it checked out. But I thought it was, was it a cow or a car? Was it, was he kicked by a car, a cow? I thought Joe Grundy knocked him down in the car. Am I? Oh, I thought he got kicked by a cow. Can I listen to a different? (laughs) That's brilliant. I thought you said something about Joe Grundy. Maybe Joe Grundy was on a car, cow rather than a car. (laughs) <laughs> a car. Okay, we've got to check this out. Uh... <laughs> have to check, check that out. Hoping, hopefully, Roy will be all right. But it's sort of it's worrying because Roy is another one of those good eggs, and yeah. you just don't really want anything bad to happen to. Finally, yes. Whew, wow. I mean, so you sort of as soon as the conversation started, and there's something about knowing that it's a Friday's episode as well. As soon as the <laughs> conversation started, you sort of think, okay, we're going somewhere here. And I didn't quite know where it was going. And I was still sort of, I was still thinking that, yes, Gavin had been irresponsible and he'd delegated the job to somebody that wasn't qualified, hadn't had the training, and therefore it had all gone wrong. And they were going to try and kind of maybe not tell the police about that. Yeah, I thought I thought it was all Gavin. And I yeah. was really predicting that it was definitely Gavin's fault. He'd done something shady slash lazy. And... I thought the twist would be that Philip, you know, dobs him in, doesn't protect him. Boy, was yeah. I wrong. I mean, okay, so the word, the word, I think we both, <laughs> we both got the word in capitals in our little notes on, on this week's episodes. Slaves. So <gasps> how does it even, like, so I don't, I don't understand. I mean, obviously there's so much to find out about this, but presumably that's why he's got such low... <laughs> low um low prices it's I, it's unbelievable i just i can't see how philip has got himself into that oh my gosh i mean what has been going on so you keep they do this brilliant drip through drip feed throughout the episode um towards and then towards the end in their final scene you get like she might start digging is blake gonna mm. keep his mouth shut and i thought what what about what about what yeah and then sense to do what he's told and i'm like oh so that's why like Philip's been visiting so much, you know. Kirsty thinks he's a total saint, but he's been going to what to intimidate Blake. Yeah. This for me, I was like, "What is the, what are they talking about? You haven't got any food in." Yeah. Them, and I was like, "What are they?" Them. Doing? Them, and he's still respectful of Linda, but then he says, "We're doing those boys a favor. People wouldn't approve of the way we do things, but we're doing it to help them." And then Gavin says, "They'll call them slaves." I, I out loud I gasped it was just because I, I don't know so where are they where are these guys what like I know I, is, there, is there some is there some building that they always go to that I've forgotten about or there was that time that Philip went a bit AWOL didn't he and, and Kirsty didn't really know where he was but he said he was going to visit that wedding venue but maybe he wasn't visiting the wedding venue maybe he'd already sorted that out maybe it was all I don't know it's thrown up a lot of questions, hasn't it? Because I mean, my opinion of Philip was that he was he was a goodie, and mm. and I suppose that sort of teaches me, you know, there are no goodies and baddies, and everyone is capable of yeah. of doing naughty things, but also that things are different in terms of things are different, things seem different from different perspectives, and so to Philip, he thinks he's doing a good thing, maybe. Yes. All these things about him going AWOL, leaving his phone behind, them not being able to find them. They did that um, that thing in the in the park. Yeah, they did the children's play area. They've done that, did that for free. No wonder they can do it for free because they're not they're not paying their workers anything. It's, are they not um... paying their workers, or are they or are they not? Are they using um, illegal labour like people who don't have visas, and so they're not paying? I don't understand. I'm fascinated. Also, of course, the poor archers down at um, Brookfield. 
yes, they're having their work done as well, aren't they? I just think there is something. There's something there where, yeah, it's you know, is they're keeping them somewhere. They're giving them a roof over their head and some food to eat, um, but but not sort of paying them. And where are these guys? These guys come from? They're now going to try and pretend that Blake is Philip's nephew, or at least that he got into the hospital. Yeah, it's fascinating, and I think it's also just thrown up my image of Philip is completely adjusted yeah, now. Completely changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Kirsty. The thing, she was so happy. She was so worried about getting married. Mm, yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll have to see. We shall have to see. And that is why The Archers is so brilliant. Because uh, it can drop a bombshell like that on a Friday. And then you've got Saturday off and you, you, you're just waiting for Sunday to come. <laughs> I know, I know. It's amazing. I can't wait now. And it's so nice to have... Uh, it is so nice to be able to have the archers in this period of time. I know that they are yes. down in production for a while, but they also have a lot in back catalogue, so they'll be fine. I trust them. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how they get on and sort of, and uh, and yeah, uh, how far in advance they record the episodes and therefore how many more we can get before it suddenly starts getting getting a bit affected. But they've, they've tweeted something saying they're going to, you know, they're going to do their best and see what they can manage. So um, do you think they will deal with corona or do you think they might leave it all out for the listeners mm. to have respite from corona yeah you almost you almost want to not have to listen to any more about it i listened to the now show this morning and and it was firstly very weird because there was no studio audience so no laughter um, which made it a very different listening experience mm. but also where you know i thought well let's let's put put the now show on because it's a little bit of a chance to get away from you know, any news on Corona, and obviously that's all they're talking about. Yeah. So there's not really an escape. So it'd be lovely if our, the archers could stay as a little, uh, yeah, respite from um, from any any of that stuff. But I guess we'll have to see. They do also have that kind of um, being the BBC, and also the archers have always been quite a useful information tool for farmers or to teach everyone. They, they have a, a responsibility as well to reflect. The, the real world and, and how yeah. the, this could teach us how it's affecting the, the rural population a bit more so I, who yeah. knows what they'll do um but love to them all anyway and yeah absolutely right lovely oh that was fun i enjoyed that um hopefully well we need to work out a name for this i know, I don't know what... what did i have arches and tea or there's there is actually oh we should say there is a there is a podcast that um, yes, there is. The Archers called yeah. Dumpty Dum. Yeah, which has been going for about 300 episodes or so. Yeah, and I bet it, I actually haven't listened to it, but I bet it's hysterically funny and brilliant and everyone should go and listen to that. This is just... Yeah, this is just us wittering on and uh, and uh, having a cup of tea. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. Okay. Sweet to see you, mate. Sweet to see you. Bye. Bye.